You're listening to the What's Happening with Stage Lighting podcast with David Henry. He'll be giving you tips, tricks, ideas, news on new gear, and most importantly, help you make great lighting. Welcome to episode 2006 of What's Happening in Stage Lighting. In this episode, David and Crystal will be talking about everything MIDI and OSC and how you can use them to enhance your lighting show. Which one is right for you, MIDI or OSC? Or should you use both? Is MIDI busy dying out? Let's find out from Crystal and David. and welcome back to another episode of what's happening in stage lighting i am crystal and i'm going to be taking you through this episode today with our lovely host david hey david how's it going hey crystal i'm doing pretty good today doing good feeling good i'm excited to get into this topic so today we're going to be talking about midi versus osc which is a conversation that comes up on the various groups across the industry occasionally um this is i will admit not my greatest subject as far as being an expert here um but i know you know quite a bit about it and so we're just gonna kind of go over what each one is the pros and cons of each what we have nowadays that's kind of taken over these things and what we think is gonna make it into the future so um, for those of you who don't know, MIDI and OSC are protocols. Uh, they're primarily used in the music or sound space um, to network instruments together. And they've kind of made their way over the last 10-ish years into lighting. And where we usually see these things um, are for system expansions. So like uh, control, external control services, MIDI uh, keyboards, um, MIDI triggering devices. So those kind of things is why MIDI kind of made its way into our life as lighting people. Now, when regular big hardware consoles started having competition from PC-based, computer-based consoles, that's kind of more when it started to really become a factor in our industry because people needed that physical interface still and they needed a way to get to it, get it into their computer-based software lighting controllers. So that's kind of where at least I started seeing MIDI um, first, all, first off. So just a little side note because we'll, we'll be using um, words and what's that called? like. When it's a short, like NAM is a shortcut for, uh, uh, what's, that? what's that called? Is that the right word? Acronym, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I've had my coffee, but it's just not working today. It's Thursday. <laughs> um, so there's lots of acronyms and things. So just a side note, NAM is the National Association of Music Merchants. And they're an organization and they have an annual event and trade show where people from all over the world, from the music, sound, and entertainment technology communities come. And that is where these protocols were introduced and where these standards are introduced, discussed, and updated. Just like in 
the lighting space, we have USITT, which is the United States Institute for Theater Technology. That's where a lot of our lighting protocols are discussed and introduced. So for these, their main stage for introduction to the world after they've been tested is NAMM, which is N-A-M-M. And if you've not heard of that show or the USITT show, definitely check those out as something that you should be aware of if you're in this industry. So now let's get into the meat and potatoes, as they say. So first question, David, is what is MIDI? And I guess, do you have any comments about the other things that I've said? No, yeah. I mean, so MIDI in its short, in the short, is that it's a way for musical instruments to talk to each other in sync. So you think about, you know, it came out in the 80s, right? And 83, 1983 was when it was introduced. And then it was updated in 2020 with version 2.0. Yeah. And if you have, so if you have a musical background, you might be familiar with, uh, you know, using guitar pedal boards or keyboards and you can hook them all together with MIDI cables and then one keyboard or guitar patch or whatever can trigger other stuff on stage basically by using these MIDI commands. Um, now the reason we talk about all this stuff with lighting is basically this concept that the general audio and the general music market and even the pro audio market, um, is significantly larger, like many, many, many times larger than, than the lighting market. Um, so when it comes to funding things and when it comes to like you finding new technology and using, uh, parts and pieces to make, you know, lighting consoles and things we control lights with, um, most manufacturers, from what I understand when I talk to them, they, they're they like, hey, if you're going to use an electronic component or a protocol in lighting control, it kind of has to be an off-the-shelf component. Like, you can't build something new and have it be financially viable because lighting is just so small uh, comparatively. And so we often get things from the audio industry. Like, actually, behind me here... This is a, a original Martin Maxis uh, lighting console, and I know y'all can't see it, but it's from 2005, and when you open it up, you know, the faders inside that, and the buttons and stuff like that, definitely the faders, are from a company that makes faders for audio consoles, um, Penny and Giles, and so, like, pretty much any time in lighting that these manufacturers are designing a piece of hardware they're going to find something that's already an off the shelf part because it just doesn't make most of the time doesn't make financial sense to design something from scratch. Um, and so that's where MIDI in lighting comes from. Um, it's not, uh, when, when you really dive into it, like MIDI itself and the way it's designed is designed really specifically to do basically triggering musical instruments with each other. So, it actually isn't really that great for lighting, um, but it does work. And because, and the reason we use it ultimately is that um, if you have, say, a lighting software, right? Maybe you're writing a piece of lighting software, you write all this code to make the thing work, and now you're like, oh, people are going to need faders or buttons besides just a regular computer keyboard to, to interact with this thing, right? To be able to press stuff. Well, you could go ahead and be like, oh, let me design this thing with faders and solder it all on circuit boards and whatnot. And it would cost, you know, 
hundreds to a thousand dollars, a couple thousand dollars probably to produce this thing and to sell it uh, to market. And then you go out and you're like, hey, here's a MIDI controller that's, you know, many of them, like the cheap ones, sub $200 that does exactly what you need. It's got faders, it's got buttons. And if you can make that work with your lighting software, then hey, you know, now people have a way to be able to trigger things, to be able to, you know, move lights up and down or make cues play um, without having to design something that's special and unique for just your situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the main ways that I've seen MIDI uh, like I mentioned a little bit, like, so, uh, several shows that I did, we would link lights and sound or sorry, lights and projections together. And it would actually be the sound console that would trigger all those things using MIDI because their systems kind of have it all built in. And I don't know, the sound designer is a genius and did some crazy interesting things where he assigned a note. I don't know, but, uh, well, actually, so that's, that brings up an interesting point. So what I was talking about primarily was general music MIDI. Now there, there are a couple forms of MIDI and we used to see this used in show situations more often. I don't see it much anymore, but there is something called MIDI show control or MSC. Um, and that, from what I understand, basically follows the same general principles of MIDI, but instead of changing keyboard sounds, um, it sends commands out that are like go Q1, basically. So that if there's two devices, like a playback system and lighting, that both um, have MIDI show control integrated, they can just recognize these commands. And it's kind of a shortcut, like where, you know, if they say, hey, playback one, Q1, go from this, you know, this sound effects program and lighting's connected, then lighting will play that same cue. Um, because it's got, because it has some notation in there that is designed for lighting. Um, and so that's interesting that you mentioned that. I don't see that in use a lot anymore. Um, I think I remember even reading at one point, I think some of the really huge Super Bowls in like the late nineties, early two thousands had like dozens of lighting consoles together, um, using MIDI show control because the show is much larger than a single console could, could do at that time. Um, and so that, that definitely exists. I, I feel like that one's going the way of the Dodo. I don't see it used a lot. Um, what we see now more is that general music MIDI so that people can send a note, uh, whether it be from an electronic music program, you know, an audio, uh, digital audio workstation or a foot pedal or, uh, you know, a simple button and then be able to assign that in their lighting software or console to trigger something so that when they press this button, this thing triggers, or when this part of the song hits, boom, that note gets sent out. The lighting console has that note mapped to something and that thing plays at that time. And that's where we see the foot pedal um, a lot for these bands that run everything. I don't know how they have the coordination. Honestly, I would mess it all up, but <laughs> where they use the foot pedal as their goes is they've assigned that foot pedal as the go button. They've assigned a sequence and then that foot pedal goes through the sequences as they tap it. So 
for all of you guitar players out there, God bless you. Because <laughs> you're way more coordinated than I am. Um, <laughs> I mean, so a lot of times it's bass players because they, they don't have a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta love the bass. Um, so MIDI show control or uh, another acronym MSC, not to be confused with the cruise line MSC. Um, now is that the same as MIDI time code? No, that's another thing that we've used a lot in our industry to keep things in sync is MIDI time code. Yeah. So time code is, is a whole kind of different thing, but basically that's a time of day, um, hours, minutes, seconds, frames is the format that you can use to sync things together. Um, so that's more of a time code discussion. It just kind of lives in the MIDI format, um, but it's not. Is it because they use a MIDI cable to connect? Like, why is MIDI linked to that system? Yeah, I think I think it comes why down it to, MIDI like, time at code the code? protocol level, that's how the data is encoded in the way that MIDI is, basically. Um, so that the behind-the-scenes developer people can use MIDI as a shortcut to create this new thing. So like, oh, okay. so like if you're using MIDI time co on a show or you're using MIDI show control or you're using MIDI notes, you don't typically mix the three together. Like they're not compatible across each other. Um, they're just okay. all use the same like hardware and the same way to connect each other. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of sharing between MIDI and OSC, but I just, in my research, saw that some, um, one of the softwares that uses a lot of MIDI in it is Isadora, which is a computer-based image program that I think recently has really expanded to control other things, but primarily it was a digital image software for like projection um, and art, uh, but pretty popular in the um in the performance scene in general so isadora is a name you may recognize and they use uh midi in their infrastructure anything else you want to say about midi before we move on to the other yeah well i think it's worth noting uh, as as we especially as we get into pros and cons with osc that you as you wrote on the outline is a midi cable required um, so MIDI often nowadays, MIDI devices often will connect to the console or computer via USB. Um, MIDI can be sent over a network. Um, if you need to send it a decent distance, you know, sometimes a MIDI cable is the best bet in the sense that uh, USB cables, obviously, you know, without kind of hacking the system, you only can go, I don't know, 20 feet or something. MIDI cables can go a little longer from what I understand, um, and you can stick it on a network and make it happen even further away. Uh, but as we kind of transition into talking about OSC or open sound control, um, it's probably good to highlight why MIDI is not really great for what we do in lighting. Um, and it, you know, it works and it's, it's reasonable, but, um, if you start hooking up MIDI devices, maybe to a computer for lighting, and then you have the need to say control keyboard patches, you might find that those are in conflict with each other and, and you can't both trigger your lighting on a certain note and be able to trigger your keyboard patches or your drum machine or whatever. Um, the, the, the MIDI messages in the, the MIDI notes and, and in the general music MIDI 
are built for music. Um, and so only out of the 16 channels there are, only channel 15 and 16 are kind of reserved for show control. But a lot of people will use other channels for things other than their intended purpose, which works unless you get it into a system that um, that is using those notes for their intended purpose. And then you're going to see a conflict there. You're going to see, you know, things triggering things that you didn't think they were supposed to trigger. Um, and so, you know, that's where a lot of times when you're setting up MIDI, like in, it's really going to depend on your lighting control solution as to how friendly it is with MIDI, how easy it is to set up, how friendly they are with you using MIDI things. Um, a lot of that comes down to how that particular software or console decides to fund themselves, right? Like, like if they fund the consoles that fund themselves primarily by selling hardware aren't as friendly with people using MIDI controllers. Those softwares that go on a more of a software license, you know, where you're paying for the software instead of paying for the hardware that unlocks the software, you know, those ones where you pay for the software like Lightkey, um, they're going to be very friendly to using MIDI controllers. And so, you know, ultimately, no matter what happens, the company making the software has got to get paid because that's how we get the, the good software and lighting that's easy to use and friendly and, and getting updated on a regular basis. Um, you know, having that, that portion there of, of it being a for-profit entity, um, does really help make the software better. And we see that time and time again. Um, and so, but it means that if, you know, if it's not one where you're paying for the software, uh, if you're paying for hardware, which unlocks software, generally those consoles or software are a little bit less friendly to things like MIDI, uh, with, and using MIDI controllers. So it's not always a bad thing. It's just something to be aware of. Um, so OSC, open sound control. Um, basically it's kind of like, I think the best way to describe it is it's like a version of MIDI. It's, it's a very similar thing. But by default, it's network-based, which means you don't have to worry about the length of a USB cable or a short MIDI cable being um, being how far the signal can go. Um, it is generally designed for show control instead of general music, which is great. Um, so again, more designed for audio because um, audio is way bigger than lighting. <laughs> and, um, but... Facts. It's nice because OSC is um, really wide open where once you have two devices that talk OSC, the devices themselves actually define what the commands are that you send back and forth. So you don't have these issues where it's like, oh, I'm sending MIDI channel two, note four, you know, and why isn't it getting received correctly? It's that the receiver basically defines what the command is and most consoles or software define this in their software they say hey you want to trigger playback one you send this command from another device over osc right and that's all you have to do and then the receiver will just receive it and do with it what it what it needs to um because there, there's not really a configuration because the command is defined by the receiver generally um being network-based has so many so many um really benefits to it because now if you have two computers or two devices or a, you know, a foot pedal or some hardware based control, 
and you need to connect it to a computer. They don't have to be right next to each other. Um, it, it can be really beneficial. Of course, anything network-based, you know, adds a step or two of configuration on the front end. That's always going to be the thing. Um, and the other downside kind of of OSC is that, you know, it's an awesome protocol. Um, I think it's great, especially when you're bringing multiple pieces of software together. Um, they can off, it's often a way better, smoother, easier to set up deal than MIDI. Um, but there are not really OSC based hardware controllers on the market. It's very rare to see them. Like there's the light shark LS wing from our friends at work pro. Um, that one exists. It's great. It works well. Um, but other than that, there's not a lot out there. It's really quite barren. Um, of course, the size of the market is way smaller because you're getting out of that general music market, um, NAM, as we talked about. And so um, that's one of the frustrations with OSC is it's it's so good because it's like, okay, whether you're Mac, PC, you know, some hardware device, whatever, all of it's compatible. It all works together. It's not difficult to configure. Like, it's it's a really good protocol. It's just the adoption of it is not as high as MIDI. Like one great example I think about is the program ProPresenter is huge with churches play, bringing, doing their slides and stuff. Um, and at my church, we use one called Proclaim, which is similar, but more designed for smaller churches. And neither of them have OSC built in. Um, it kills me. Like I am like on calls or talking to customers all the time. And they're like, they're like, all right. I got to connect ProPresenter to my lighting. We're like, okay, you know, here's what you got to do. And depending on what console they're working with, you know, they're having to install some different programs to take MIDI and send it over the network and then receive it on the other computer. Whereas if it was, if OSC was available, um, and I should figure out if there's a place to make an official feature request because I've never done that for OSC support in ProPresenter. But like, if it if OSC were available, you would just say, okay, I need to send it to this IP address, whatever that other device is, could be the same computer, could be a different one, and this is the message I need to send. And that's it. You know, there wouldn't be multiple programs and forwarding things between this program and that program that are connected on a network and making sure, okay, we're, we're sending channel channel 5 note 4 okay are we receiving channel 5 note 4 and when we receive channel 5 note 4 did we start counting at 0 or did we start counting at 1 on the channels because in the notes because if we're off then it's not going to work and so there's there's a lot of benefits like oh my goodness midi just the fact that you know i didn't mention that before but with the notes sometimes they start counting at 0 sometimes they start counting at 1 and so if your two pieces of software devices count differently, then stuff doesn't line up and you figure it out quick. It's just annoying as can be when you're first setting up. Um, and so, you know, I would love to see OSC take over in lighting as what we use to make, you know, different show control pieces of software work together, things like that. Um, the trouble often is just that the adoption isn't there. Like the theatrical lighting program, QLab uses it. It's great with it. Um, it's awesome. It's easy to use. But, you know, some of these other players just haven't um, integrated it, which means that, you know, if you can't use it, you can't use it. Right, for sure. So, realistically, so Dreamworld is you would like to see OSC be 
the one that takes us into the future. Realistically, Mitty's not going anywhere, though. No, for sure not. For sure not. So we'll probably be using both of them probably for the next decade. Well, probably the next decade for sure. Who knows what will happen after 10 years. Um, but uh, so, okay. So if you've got your MIDI stuff, don't chunk it in the trash tomorrow. Um, keep it around. And, uh, you know, other manufacturers that are out there, maybe, you know, start looking into adding some OSC into your products. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's on the table. I'm sure it's, they're working on things, but I hope, uh, I hope so. I know, <laughs> I know that when I was doing my, um, you mentioned, um, light shark. When I was doing my research, I did see that ETC has integrated OSC into some of their hardware oh, that's for good. the EOS line. Yeah. So I know, I don't know that their new console is still called EOS, but, so it's, and I that's think this, the first I think the software is still called EOS. Okay. I think, um, I know that they did a big change this year. So, um, and it's like been like platinum and, you know, every edition's a little different, but anyway, uh, so, so it, I mean, ETC major player in the theatrical industry. Um, usually if they start putting something in, others will follow. If what's that saying? If you build it, they will come. So Light Shark has built it, ETC has built it. So we've got a major player and we've got a minor player, both, you know, jumping on this OSC bandwagon. So that's an indicator that it's it's starting to be more of a resource for our industry for sure. Um okay. Is there anything else that we should touch on? I mean, that's a pretty good primer i think into both of these and and you know i thought for sure you were going to say oh is the winner midi's out the door but no we're 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 keeping our I, MIDI devices i want it while. to be the winner <laughs> right i do it's just not but there we're not yet. there yet yeah not time to 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 recycle the midi keys the midi keyboards um, <laughs> it is not not quite um because everybody i know everyone always poops on midi they're like this thing has a midi uh input on the back of it but they're still putting it on things. So, um, yeah, the thing right. is, it's kind of like, you know, I, I get this line from Richard Cadena when he talks about DMX and he says, is it exceptionally good? Is it especially efficient? Is it, you know, exceptionally um, capable? No, DMX isn't any of those things, but it is very reliable and predictable. And that's why we still use it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's why, you know, with MIDI, you add that portion in there that you can access the general music market for hardware. Um, and, you know, that that kind of makes it so that it's it's probably not going away. Um, I just think if if the devices you have that you're trying to connect to trigger things across video and lighting or audio and lighting and video or whatever, if they can talk OSC, it's a win. If you're trying to add faders, you know, to your lighting system and it can talk OSC, that's a win because now you can carry that anywhere in the room, plug it into a network jack on your network and it works right with like no configuration. So it's just that much easier. Um, so yeah, that's the short answer is we would love to see OSC win. We would, 
But at the same time, MIDI's not going anywhere. All right, cool. Well, there's your little primer on uh, MIDI and OSC. Um, you know, there's a healthy Wikipedia for MIDI, a less healthy one for OSC, but there's enough there to get you diving in if you want to do some further research onto uh, these two protocols. And um, yeah, if you have any comments about this episode, feel free, let us know. Subscribe. You never know what we're going to talk about next. We don't know what we're talking about next. We, we kind of just figure it out as we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but if there is a topic that you would love for us to dive into a little deeper than we can in our YouTube videos or uh, articles, please let us know. Reach out. Um, as always, if you need some help picking out some lighting or if you have any questions about lighting, uh, reach out to us. Um, Learn Stage Lighting Academy is open right now or closed lighting right now? That's a good Learn question. Learn Stage Lighting Labs. <laughs> So there's there's sure. lots of resources there for you if you if you have some questions, but reach out to us at Learn Stage Lighting Gear for sure if you've got gear questions. Um, but if you know someone who is looking to get into lighting and needs a place to go, I see this all the time on the on the forums. I want to learn about lighting, but where do I go? And I always put a little link. But if you if you know someone obviously who's looking for some lighting education, Learn Stage Lighting Labs is definitely the place to send. We'd love to help. Thank you so much. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with another riveting topic about what's happening in the lighting industry. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the What's Happening in Stage Lighting podcast. If you're interested in purchasing any gear, please visit our stage lighting store, learnstagelightinggear.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please listen to our other episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google podcast platforms. Don't forget to grab our free beginner's guide to stage lighting on learnstagelighting.com. Learn Stage Lighting, helping you create great lighting.